Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. You know what I'm blessed by? I'm blessed that God never calls us to do anything that he hasn't already equipped us to fulfill. We have some individuals in our, uh, our congregation who are in law enforcement. You gentlemen and ladies in law enforcement, can you imagine fulfilling your responsibilities without the right protection, the right gear, everything that goes with your position of authority? You couldn't fulfill that position fully and efficiently without utilizing all that has been issued that goes with your office of authority. And do you know the same thing is true for us as Christians? We have a mission. So many Christians just try to exist. They try to get by. It's like I want to get saved, and this is just like my little safe zone. And, and the church should be a safe place. I'm not saying that. Amen. But it's, it, the church is, according to Jesus, and I think he's a good one to get our cues from. Amen. According to him, the church is a place where we're re renewed, where we're educated, where we're restored, but it's also a place where we're commissioned. And just as Jesus commanded the, whole, uh, the, the 120 to remain in the upper room until the Holy Spirit was poured out, right? We come here to, to really be commissioned just like the 120 so that when we leave this house, this place of worship, we go from here to out there, our world. And our position, our personhood, the people we interact with, honestly, as we live our lives, and that's what God's called us to do, live your lives with integrity. And as we live our lives, when we allow the Holy Spirit, who is there for us, just like those in law enforcement, they're equipped. And when you're born again, you are equipped by the Holy Spirit. And when we allow Him just to have influence and we acknowledge Him, we don't ignore him. We don't put him on the back burner. You ever eat anything in the kitchen off the back burner if it's turned off? You know, it's cold. You say, I can't eat that. That's unacceptable. You know, God wants us to not place his Holy Spirit on the back burner, but to acknowledge him, give him freedom, be sensitive to him, hear his voice, because there is a work for us to do. And we may not all be called to a foreign mission field, but you know what? There are people that we interact with day in, day out, where divine appointments, I can assure you, will open up. But we won't be as influential as we need to be if we try to do all of this without the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean acknowledging him. Some people might say, well, I have the Holy Spirit, Pastor Craig. Amen. But are you allowing his gifts, the nine supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit that are recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, are they given freedom? Is the Holy Spirit given freedom in you and through you so that that gift, yes, can be a blessing to us individually, but most importantly, God can use it in the life of somebody else we come in contact with. See, that's our purpose. We're ambassadors. We're representatives. We're his voice. And people won't know that there is forgiveness of their sin. There is a way to break free from addiction unless someone speaks up beyond the pastor, and unless someone is willing to say, all right, Holy Spirit, I give you freedom. You know, I, I don't know how to do this, but you do. Isn't that great? 
If we just depend on him, what we can't do, he does. He does. And so we're going to continue my four-week series. Today is week two. And in week one, I began with the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he has an identity. He is a person. You'll find in Scripture, whenever he's referenced, he's always referenced in the masculine gender. He's not referenced in the neuter as an it or a force or an entity. He is referenced as God, he, masculine gender, the Holy Spirit. He's not an entity. He has an identity. And he is a person just like Jesus, just like the Father, God, he, the Holy Spirit. And as I've brought out, there's an authority chain that works with the Holy Spirit. And we're part of that chain too. And so when we understand when Jesus came, constantly when miracles would take place or when he spoke with such charisma and wisdom and authority, people were captivated. And, and they would say, you're amazing. He, and he would always point the attention away from himself. And he would say, the words I speak are not of my own, but the words of him who sent me. And then when the miracles, can you imagine being in the presence of Jesus? Wouldn't you like to, like that Christian television program called Superbook, where the kids go back in time and, and, and they, they see all the miracles. They see the Red Sea with Moses, and then they take them at the times when they're with Jesus and they see things. Can you imagine if we could go back like the, the apostles, the disciples, and the followers during that time of history had the privilege to witness firsthand. Can you imagine seeing that? It, but then Jesus, when people would start to praise him, and we're instructed to worship him, right? But he would say, the works that I do, they're not my own, but the works of him who sent me. Jesus got it. Obviously, when you're God, you get it. But he got it. He understood authority. The Father was the authority and still is over Jesus, the Word. And then everything Jesus did, do you know he did that by the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you know he purposely took on human form, not only to die as a human, as well as he was Son of God, Son of Man, not only to die as a human, but to also teach us as human beings that one day would become like him. To teach us in a place of limitation, our humanity that there is so much more that we can draw from, from the Holy Spirit so that all the works He did, just as Jesus just followed the orders of the Father, and then the Holy Spirit followed the orders of Jesus. And then when you look at the church, what is our role? What is our purpose? This is why we have to understand the third person of the Trinity, the Godhead, God the Holy Spirit. Again, if you haven't purchased the book by Francis Chan, I encourage you, The Forgotten God. This man had a revelation, and he understood that so many people in our modern time and age, we have forgotten the importance and the role of the Holy Spirit. And when we leave him out, and I don't mean we don't acknowledge him, but he has to be active, flowing in us, speaking to us. When we read Scripture, always pray, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Help me to have enlightenment. Grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians. And when we do that, he's always active to make us more like Jesus and to show us we can do what he did. Jesus said, greater things you will do in my name. When's the last time? And don't raise your hand and don't answer. But when's the last time you did a greater thing? You know? That's not condemnation, that's encouragement. Because God has greater things in store 
for your life. Some of you need a miracle today. You need a miracle. So God wants to do greater things for you, in you. But he also wants to do greater things through you. And we can't summon when that moment is. That's why they're called the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not of you or me or an organization. We don't summon the gifts of the Holy Spirit at will, on demand. If that was the case, why did Peter and John, when they entered through the gate called Beautiful at the temple, they passed that crippled man week, day, moment, after time, after time, after time. And all of a sudden, after many, many bypassing moments, John was quickened by the Spirit of God. The man begs for alms. Jesus, uh, John says, silver and gold have I none. It's Peter and John. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. At that moment, the Holy Spirit said, this is the time. This is the time. So when your moment comes, God wants you to be ready for a miracle to happen through you. And that's why when we understand who he is, that he lives in us, Look at the person next to you and say, you're filled with the Spirit of God. Tell them, you're filled with the Spirit of God. I mean, that's, that's unfathomable. But when we get that, when we begin to understand who's in us and what He can do through us, it changes our whole concept of life, changes how we live, changes how we pray, changes everything. Hallelujah. I like that. So the power of God, what is the purpose of the power of God? The power of God directs people to the God of power. We want people to remember Jesus, not us. Amen. And this is the purpose that the nine supernatural gifts that have been misrepresented, that have been misused, teachings that they're no longer necessary, I don't know, the last time I looked, I think there's still hospitals constantly growing and being built because the needs, the physical health needs of people are still there. So what happens with our health if the doctors say there's nothing more we can do, but then we see a gift of the Holy Spirit that says all things are possible. He still heals. He still does miracles. And he does. I'm a walking miracle. So when we know that there's more beyond the limitations of man, that brings hope. And so as long as there are still needs with people, the gifts of the Spirit will also still be needed. Amen? One day, they'll, they'll pass away. Not on this earth. Not until Jesus comes and sets up his eternal kingdom. And that has not happened yet. But it will. And one day when there's no more sin, when there's no more sickness, no more disease, all of you in the medical field will be out of a job. But that's a good thing. Because you'll be reemployed in the service of our King, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And there's a purpose for every single one of us. But let's fulfill our purpose now until we step in our purpose in eternity. Amen? Look at the person next to you and say, that's a good word. Praise the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That is where Paul differentiates between the nine different supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. He wanted the church 
Jesus knew this had to be knowledge for his people and Paul being the man, the educator, and, and so astute and attuned to the voice of God. He was the one that brought even greater clarity so that the ministry of the church could be done decently and in order and with clarity. A lot of times when you don't fully understand, that's, that's when we, we take and we have a tendency maybe to misrepresent, not intentionally, but because we just don't know. So Paul wanted the church to know, and Jesus wants us to know. Look at this with me, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. You'll see nine gifts mentioned as I read. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually. I like that. As he wills. Each of these nine gifts, they fall into three different categories. And I want to encourage you to take notes. Turn your bulletins over. This is going to be very informational. It's going to bring enlightenment. It's going to bring clarity. And it's going to enable you as a believer to be more effective. So you'll find each of the nine gifts here in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. I've broken them in, and many theologians have done the same, into three categories. What are they? The revelation gifts, the power gifts, and the utterance gifts. Each having three gifts within that category. Today I want to focus on the revelation gifts. Each of these gifts, they still play an active role in the life and the ministry of us as believers. Why? Because each of these three revelation gifts played an active role in the life and the ministry of Jesus. If he, God incarnate, needed these three gifts, how much more us? We're humanity. He was born without sin. He was conceived without sin. Lived without it. We have a strike against us. You know, there's still a degree of brokenness until our physical bodies are restored. And so because of that, there is a susceptibility to the lies of the enemy, which even more demands that we as Christians be in unity, be in oneness, be astute to his voice, the Holy Spirit. Knowing that if Jesus, in a place of limitation, he took on physical form, he was dependent upon the Holy Spirit for everything he did. When he prayed before the tomb of Lazarus, he was depending on the Holy Spirit to answer that prayer. When he said, Lazarus, come forth, Jesus was believing by faith. He had exercised faith, just like us, that, Jesus, that Lazarus would come out of that tomb, and he did. And so for us, the same thing is applicable. Just as these gifts played an active role in the life of Jesus in his ministry with us as well. 
These three gifts, what are they under this category? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. As Christians, we need these three gifts as well. So let's begin by looking at the word of wisdom. A lot of times people have a preconceived definition of what exactly this gift is. But let's look at it according to Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 12, verse 8, Paul says, For to one is given the word of wisdom. Now let's begin by looking at the word given. Given is also defined here in the Greek as granted, shown, delivered, bestowed, furnished, extended. I like the word furnished because it's, think about it, sometimes people may rent an apartment and if you're going to be there a short time, you don't want to have to buy furniture. So you look for something that is fully furnished. It's a convenience. It's good. And so when we see this word given being used, you know, we as Christians, the Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. So when the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence, he is the one in charge of decorating. And he fully furnishes us with everything we need to really grow as a Christian, grow in our understanding of the Lord and, and our effectiveness in communicating our faith to people in need. It's important. There's always going to be people of needs around us. And when we have the one who can meet that need, according to the riches and glory, how many of you believe there's no, there's no uh, recession in heaven, right? Heaven has never known a, a great depression. There's no lack in God's storehouse. And God has said, I'll provide all of your needs according to my riches. Not the world's, not our own bank accounts or our resources, but according to my riches and glory. And it's all possible, the Apostle Paul says, through Jesus Christ. So fully furnished, this word given. And then, what is the gift, right, that is given? What is the bestowment? What is it that's been extended from heaven to earth, to us? The Apostle Paul says it's the word, the word of knowledge. Now that word, word, I'm not stuttering, I promise, is also defined as saying, segment, thought, or portion. That's important to understand. Remember, it's a word. It's just a saying, a segment, a thought, a portion, or even a fragment. Webster's Dictionary defines word this way. A fragment or segment appearing in a written discourse. So there's already a written discourse, but a word is when you extract just a portion, just a fragment. What does that tell us? You have part of it, but you don't have all the knowledge. So what does that mean? That means when God brings the word of, uh, the word of wisdom, when God brings the word of wisdom, we need to make sure, or the word of knowledge, the same thing, we need to make sure we don't make a sentence or a paragraph out of a segment or a portion. God only reveals the word, a segment, a portion, a fragment. That's why, again, when God speaks, make sure you only share what he's given. Now, Paul calls in the first of the revelation gifts, he calls this word the word of wisdom. Wisdom in the Greek is also defined as intelligence, knowledge, or revelation. But because this is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's divine 
knowledge. Divine revelation. When you hear the word revelation, what does that make you think of? The last book of the New Testament, right? The book of Revelation. What is the book of Revelation? It is the book that is written of things yet to come. It's future. And so Paul was intentional when he called this first revelatory gift the word of wisdom. And when wisdom is partnered with the Holy Spirit, it becomes revelation or futuristic, or think of it this way. God, through that segment, that fragment, gives a glimpse of the future. A glimpse of the future. Kenneth Hagin, wonderful man of God, he said this regarding the word of wisdom. He said, God reveals his purpose and plan for the future through the word of wisdom. Here are some examples of the word of wisdom being exercised in Scripture. Everything should always be backed up by Scripture. Someone say amen. In Matthew chapter 21, I'm just giving the reference, not going to read the scriptures. What did Jesus do? He predicted the destruction of the Jerusalem temple well before it happened. How did he know this? Through one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom. What about in Matthew chapter 26 when Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him? Peter was abstinent. He, he just said, no, Lord, you know, I, I, though everyone else denies you, I won't. And Peter meant that when he said it. He, he, he wasn't being insincere. He was just standing alone. And when any of us do that, we're vulnerable. And then Jesus responded before the cock crows three times. You'll deny me. Sure enough, what Jesus spoke through the word of wisdom came to pass didn't say how he would deny him it didn't break down all of the detail like a dissertation but it was evident and peter learned from that moment god didn't speak those words in order to cause peter to fail but honestly god allowed peter to see himself so that one day he would be positioned to succeed and not fail again the gifts of the Spirit always work for the betterment so that God's plans and God's purposes can be advanced. Amen? Another example in Scripture of the word of wisdom being exercised is in Acts 11. There was a man referred to as a New Testament. There's a difference between an Old Testament prophet and a New Testament prophet. I'm not going to teach on that, but that's imperative to understand. And here in Acts 11, Agabus was a New Testament prophet. Then the Spirit of God came upon him with the word of wisdom, and he predicted that a drought would be coming. Not to instill fear, but when you know by the Spirit of God, advance warning brings advanced preparation. Amen? And so God used that supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit through that man. Well, I first got saved, it was 1974, and you've heard this, but... Shortly after that, you know, I was involved in the Christian music industry and everything was moving forward in that direction. And I was invited then to a Christian conference. It was, it was a very large conference in Washington, D.C. It was a Pentecostal gathering with the full gospel businessmen. And while I was there, at the end of the service, two people who were the hosts of the conference, a husband and a wife, they came up and they said, young man, 
The Holy Spirit really has been drawing us to you. We believe God has given us a word, a segment, remember? A portion, a fragment, has given us a word for you. Would we have your permission to share this? I said, absolutely. And they spoke this over me. And again, something I was not thinking, never considered, but they said this by the Spirit of God. This is my servant who shall feed my lambs. This is my servant who shall feed my sheep. I didn't understand that. Later on, I did, because that's the role in the ministry of a pastor. But I was not going to be a pastor. I was going to be used of God in the music industry, the Christian avenue. Well, through a series of events, God knew what was coming. And he reminded me, when I knew I was called to be a pastor, he reminded me of that word I had received several years prior. And here I am today, 40 years later, right? Feeding lambs, the newborn in Christ, and feeding sheep, those who are mature and maturing in Christ. It's amazing how God will speak, use his supernatural gifts at just the right moment so that later we may forget, but God doesn't. Even when Mary, the angel Gabriel, came to her, said, you're about to conceive and give birth, and the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You know, obviously, I'm quickly paraphrasing. And in advance, through the word of wisdom, even through the angelic host, an angelic being. God was revealing the future. And then when everything began to transpire, you'll find when God encourages you, brings things like that to you, sometimes there may be a difficult road in between the word and then finally the fulfillment. And when we think back how God, through his gifts, has been there for us, it gives us the tenacity, the faith to believe to the other side. Amen? So we see, obviously, this gift active in Scripture and even in my own personal life. Now, here's something you need to remember. The word of wisdom never says what to do. Did you hear me? Prophecy can come forth like that, but not the gift of the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom never says what to do. It reveals what God will do. It's a big difference. You're just a mouthpiece. You're the amplifier, the speaker, like in the ceiling here. And God's got the mic. And when he speaks, his voice is amplified. The word of wisdom never says what to do. It reveals what God will do. Now, what about the word of knowledge? The next, the second of the revelation gifts. What exactly is the word of knowledge? How does it differ from the word of wisdom. Again in our text, 1 Corinthians 12, 8, Paul says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. The same application and definition of word for the word of wisdom applies here for word of knowledge. It's a fragment. It's a portion. It's a segment. It's imperative to know. And it's a fragment, portion, or segment of what? Knowledge. Divine knowledge. In the Greek, knowledge is also defined as understanding or intimate detail of a past or current event in someone's life. 
Something that could not be known other than God had to reveal it. You didn't observe it. You weren't an eyewitness. You didn't have someone tell you. But unannounced, unexpectedly, you have this knowledge of a past or a current event in the life of someone else. Lester Summerall, he says, the word of knowledge is related to fact. That means it's something that's already substantiated. It's already happened. If it is a thing of knowledge, then it is not a mystery of the future. The gift of the word of knowledge deals with that which exists, whether it be in the past or the present. What are some biblical examples of this gift in operation? What about, remember when Nathaniel was introduced to Jesus? And Jesus said to Nathaniel, indeed, you are a man with no guile within your heart. And Jesus continued and he said, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. And Nathaniel falls on his knees and says, surely you are the Messiah. I will follow you. And Jesus says, if you're impressed by this, I'm paraphrasing. There is so much more I'm going to reveal. Just hang with me and you'll witness and see what my spirit has the ability to do. How did Jesus know that? The word of knowledge, a past or a present thing. Jesus supernaturally there uh, saw it. He wasn't there, but the spirit of God enabled him to understand and to know this knowledge. What about when Jesus interacted with the woman at the well in John's gospel chapter 4? Jesus went there intentionally. He was led by the Spirit. But he had never met this woman. He had never spoken to anyone who talked about her reputation. But then when she finally came to draw water at the heat of the day, a conversation strikes up. He asks her for water. Then the whole theological discussion takes place. She was resistant to everything he said until, everybody say until, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the word of knowledge, rose up. He began to talk about her lifestyle. Where's your husband? I don't have a husband. You're right. Then he says, you've had multiple. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. She's dumbfounded now. That argument of spirit is gone. He has her attention. Why? Because something supernatural transpired. Yet he didn't condemn her. He brought her life. He brought her hope. He brought her forgiveness. All through the gift of the word of knowledge. And you know her life was changed by this operation of the gift. Because when she left Jesus, she ran everywhere saying, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Her life was forever changed by combining that message of God, the Word of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, just as Jesus said, I come to speak the words of my Father, not myself. The works that you see are the deeds of my Father, not of myself. The Holy Spirit says, I come to serve the Son, not myself. The works that you see demonstrated through Him, I do them for Him. It's the Holy Spirit honoring the Word. That's imperative to understand because if we're not giving opportunity for the Holy Spirit to rise up because of fear or because of pride, I'm going to look like a freak if I do that. 
Well, Jesus would have done nothing he did if he was worried about looking like a freak, like a misfit, like an oddball, like a, a square peg in a round hole. There are times we need to understand if we're going to fulfill what God has called us to do. And we know that there is a, 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 just an infusion arising up, like, like a geyser just getting right ready, like old faithful to release the waters from within. There are times we'll feel the Holy Spirit rising up. And the Spirit is subject to the prophet. I get that. But then when God brings the right person, we need to be obedient. You'll find all of the times, all of these gifts were in operation. They weren't in a church service. It was out on the street. So many people are comfortable moving in the, in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in church. If their churches, you know, embrace that theology, and they should. But they don't want to take that kind of a faith system outside of the four walls. When the day of Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit came on the 120, they didn't stay in the building. They took it to the streets. All of the power. Can you imagine that? Going downtown Doylestown. And all of a sudden there's an eruption of the Holy Spirit. And you got all these people from River of Life Church. Speaking in tongues and prophesying. Through the streets of Doylestown. People would think they're drunk with wine. That's what they said. And then Peter stood up. They're not drunk with wine. But this is what the prophet Joel prophesied. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. What am I saying? I'm saying when we're going to be used by God... We have to be instant in season and out of season. It has to be about what he desires. He's the priority, and then our priorities fall under him. So when we come to that place where we're saying, Lord, I'm available. With a word of wisdom, it may be the word that will keep someone from taking their own life. You're right there. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You just say, God saw you when your heart was broken. When your father did what he did to you, God's heart broke. How do you know what my father did to me? Your response is, I don't know. But it's the Holy Spirit moving through me who knows. He was with you. And if you'll say yes to him, he will bring you through this time of pain. And he will heal your broken heart and restore the years that the locusts had Satan. That all of this trauma has taken and stole from you. He loves you. It's not any big hoopla. It's just like Jesus with the woman at the well. Just like Jesus when he spoke to Nathaniel. I saw you under that fig tree. Makes you scared to do anything outside. You know, he's always watching, right? <laughs> I saw you walk into that. We'll stop there. The gift of the word of knowledge. Thank God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How about Ananias and Sapphira? Peter was operating in the gift of the word of knowledge. Now, God didn't tell them to sell their property, speaking of Ananias and Sapphira. But they just determined in their heart, well, we got a piece of property. Let's sell it and give it to the church. God didn't say you had to sell the property, nor did he say you had to sell it and give it to the church. But they purposed in their heart. That's what they were going to do. So anyhow, came time to put the house on the market, right? And it was, a, it was a good market then. And they got a lot more than they realized. Then all of a sudden, 
Even if they had said, well, let's just give a portion and just been honest about it, would have been okay. But they took and kept back a large sum for themselves, which still would have been okay if they came clean, just said, this is what we feel we're going to do. But they didn't. They made it appear as if this was the entire sale. So it would feed their ego, feed their reputation, build their pride that look at what they did. That's why the Bible talks about don't let the left hand know what the right hand does. And so here they take and first Anna, Ananias goes in. He goes, here's the money, Peter. Praise God. The Lord's been good. Here's the money. This is all of it. And Peter, he had no idea. He didn't hear from the bankers. He didn't hear from the buyers of the property they sold. And all of a sudden at that moment, the Holy Spirit, through word of knowledge, past or current events. He just knew. And, and Peter's, Peter says, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? Why are you doing this? And the Bible says, instantly, Ananias dropped dead. Because he lied to the Holy Spirit. Then they carried him out. Then his wife had no, no knowledge of what transpired. She comes in. It was probably the grace of God giving her a chance to experience what Ananias decided not to say yes to, owning up to the truth, coming clean. She walks in, Sapphira walks in, and all of a sudden, she goes, oh, I'm sure Ananias shared with you. And this is the CLV, Craig Waterback version. I'm sure Ananias shared with you, but we're just so blessed to be able to give all of the proceeds of the finance that we acquired from selling this property. We're going to give it you know, to the church. And he goes, the same people that carried your husband out are ready to carry you out. And the Bible says they dropped dead instantly. And then they came in and carried them out. It shows you how holy God is. Don't lie. Have you ever, you know, look at some of the big scandals that have happened throughout the centuries even, but even more modern with people who tried to prostitute the gifts of the spirit they try to use god's power and glory for their own kingdoms their own gain and there have been many who have been exposed who have come down and even people impersonating certain gifts of the spirit and the holy spirit doesn't like that he does not want to be misrepresented that's why it's important to make sure we've heard from god when we move in his gifts and so when you look at through even modern day history of those who have done this, it is not a good thing to misrepresent and to use the Holy Spirit for our own personal gain. And Ananias and Sapphira found that out the hard way. Can you imagine, Peter, when he heard that from God? Can you imagine releasing that? What a challenge. So it's imperative when God speaks we're hearing. And this is where the third gift of revelation comes into play. Discerning of spirits. We've looked at the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Now, discerning of spirits. Honestly, of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is the most needed gift in the life of every believer. Discerning of spirits. Now, if we're going to understand exactly what this gift is, we have to look at what it is not. The Bible does not refer to the gift of discerning of spirits as the gift of discernment. That's not biblical. You'll not find that anywhere in Scripture. Why? Because it changes the whole application. It makes it look like you're a, 
a seer. I'm looking into you. I know how to read people. Discerning of spirits is not the gift of discernment. It's not mind reading like ESP. I'm going to say ESPN. It's not superstition. It's not a suspicious or fault-finding spirit where you're always looking for the worst or something that's wrong. You know, I have the gift of discernment. No, you don't. Nobody has that. You will experience discerning of spirits when the Holy Spirit deems necessary. Again, we see this in 1 Corinthians 12.10. To another is given discerning of spirits. That word discerned in the Greek, and and the reason I bring out the definitions from the original manuscripts, it has a much more in-depth reach, and it breaks down in even more fine detail so we can understand what the apostles are trying to communicate by the Holy Spirit to us. And this word discern in the Greek is also defined as distinguish, judge, separate, determine. I like this, to see distinction. And notice when he talks about discerning of spirits, the word spirits is in the plural. Why? Because there are four spirits. Did you hear me? Four spirits that seek to have influence over creation and especially over us as human beings, the image of God. There's the human spirit. You know, we can want something so much that we do everything within our power to see it come to pass. And our own spirit, our own heart can really motivate us. And at times, we need to make sure what we want so badly, so desperately, we need to always make sure it measures up with what God wants for us. Because if not, we find ourselves promoting something that's not bad, but it's not what God wants for us. And if we pursue the wrong things, even a good thing can get us in trouble. So the human spirit can motivate us, us, our desires. Then there's an evil spirit. One third of the heavenly host, when they rebelled against God with Lucifer, who then became Satan. Lucifer was an archangel and one third of all the angels in heaven before this creation was even in existence. Rebelled against God and then they were expelled, thrown out of heaven to the earth. And those evil spirits then take on the identity of Satan. Everything that is contrary to God. The kingdom of darkness, Satan and his demons are the antithesis of what God stands for and what God promotes and propagates. So these evil spirits do the bidding of the devil. And just as Jesus revealed the whole you know, motivation of Satan. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what these demon spirits want. They want to steal from the image of God. They want to kill the image of God. And they want to destroy the image of God. Why? Because every time they look at human beings who are created in God's image, saved or unsaved, they see Jesus. They see God. Because we reflect His image. People who don't know the Lord and do all of the evil bidding that Satan would desire. And this hist- and the history we know and can read about has recorded a lot of evil individuals. As much as they have done to take and to bring destruction and, 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 and to break everything that's good, you would think that Satan would call them one of his good guys, one of his generals. 
But even the worst of all sinners, Satan hates them. He has no favorites. He doesn't even favor himself. He is the foundation of a lack of self-esteem. He is the epitome of a fallen evil condition. And anything he touches becomes like that. And that's why discerning of spirits is important. Because Satan always intertwines a little bit of truth with the fullness of the lie. 85% truth, 15% lies. But when this gift, when we are allowing the Holy Spirit to be prevalent, to be in our lives, He will rise up without notice and reveal something to protect us. My wife Cindy has been used so many times in this gift. I remember when we first stepped into ministry, we moved here. We only had one daughter. It was our eldest daughter, Kelly. And when we moved to an area, it was in Fender and Heights, New Jersey. I was an assistant pastor with a beautiful wife and a beautiful little girl. She was just one year old, I think, at that point. And so here we are looking for a place. And then in Manville, New Jersey, I found an apartment that was available. So we went, we looked at it, but Cindy just didn't feel right. I said, it's the right price. She says, doesn't matter. It's not right. We don't make a lot of money. doesn't matter. God will take care of us. It's not right. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to Cindy and said, speak to the woman who lives there now, young couple. Cindy and I spoke with her and come to find out that the gentleman who owned that rental had a house just below and had broken through the door multiple times in drunken stupors to bring sexual harm against that young woman when her husband wasn't there. The Holy Spirit showed Cindy discerning of spirits. Didn't know exactly what was, but we knew it wasn't for us. God was saying danger. He revealed a spirit, not the Holy Spirit, not the human spirit, but a demon spirit that had control over that man's life. And because she listened, and I had enough sense to listen to my wife. Did you hear that, gentlemen? Listen to your wives. God protected us. God protected us. When we went to get out of the contract, because I had signed it, you know, they said no. Then I said to the woman, the wife of the person who owned the rental. If my wife was your daughter, would she be safe in this apartment with your husband close by? She said, I'll tear up the contract. She didn't even answer it. I'll tear up the contract. God is faithful. God is faithful. Deserting of spirits, the protection of God. And then angelic spirits speak. You know, sometimes God can come and reveal something and, 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 and he can speak to us, but it's imperative if we don't have the gift of discerning of spirits operating in us, how will we know if it's us? How will we know if it's an evil spirit or how will we know if it's an angelic spirit coming? Like when the announcement was made to Mary that she would be, conceive a child and give birth to Messiah. How do you know when God's speaking if that gift is not in operation? Those of you in the business world, male and female alike, when discerning of spirits is in operation and, and the Holy Spirit has the freedom to bring that gift to surface, it will protect you from relationships 
with people in the business world, God will reveal to you maybe some things that he says, stay away from this person. And you will know, and later it will make sense. When we embrace all of the power of God, we also enjoy the benefits of each of his gifts, including discerning of spirits. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit, when his gift is in operation through us, he will tell us when it's him speaking. Lester Summerall, he said this also. You can tell he's one of my favorites in my library when it comes to the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. He said the gift of discerning of spirits is the divine ability to see the presence and activity of a spirit that motivates a human being, whether good or bad. So it's like the vetting process. So that we know, is it safe or unsafe? Is it right or is it not right? John talks about this, discerning of spirits. In 1 John 4, 1, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Lowercase, four spirits that talk. Don't always be so quick to believe. Somebody comes, says a prophecy over you. Don't be so quick. What does John say to do? He says, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now some people, they hear that voice, that verse, and they say, that's the whole reason why I don't want any of this Holy Spirit stuff. Because you get all these fruitcakes saying this or doing that. Listen, just because Satan tries to imitate doesn't mean we shut it down. We give room in the right setting, at the right time, the right places for God in and out of the house to demonstrate and manifest His presence. Because if we remove the Holy Spirit completely, then we have removed part of the Godhead from the ministry of God. It's like having a three-cylinder car. You need all three cylinders operating to have maximum efficiency, gas mileage, horsepower. If one of the cylinders shut down, drawing the analogy, the Holy Spirit, if you're only operating on two of the Godhead of three, it's going to affect what we do and what we accomplish for Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Discerning of spirits reveals which spirit is speaking. Just because, again, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Just because it seems good doesn't mean it's God. Just because it may sound right doesn't mean it's God. Peter learned this lesson even when he rebuked Jesus. Remember that? Peter had just had that great grandma. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Now, a few moments later, Jesus is expanding on how he's going to be crucified. And Peter took objection. Jesus, can I have a moment to talk? I'm the one that just had the revelation from the Father. I have another word for you right now. Far be it from you, Lord, this will never happen. Now, what did Jesus say? Oh, Peter, thank you. You saved me from the cross. Peter said, get thee behind me, Satan. Can you imagine having God himself calling you Satan? Now, he wasn't saying that Peter is Satan. But what he was saying, Peter, if you had taken a moment to test that spirit, if you had taken a moment to see who's really talking, you just heard from the word. My word is final. I'm the word of God incarnate. For you to contradict that word, well, it's not God talking because I just talked. That is the voice of Satan 
who does not want the ultimate sacrifice to happen. My life. Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou covetest not the things of God, but the things of this earth. It's imperative we recognize who's talking. Amen. In closing, in conclusion, I think it's very obvious to all of us, to the world even, that there is something beyond the natural that's happening in our world. A supernatural battle raging. And people are making decisions that just don't make sense. But they're so blinded, so delusional, a lie is more real to them than what's black and white. Even science. When you begin to deny things that are truth, it positions not only yourself, but it becomes contagious. Just as a move of God can become contagious, a move of evil can become the same way unless we as believers allow the Holy Spirit to rise up and bring a standard against what the enemy is doing. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, we're seeing that. The Spirit of God will rise up a standard against it. That's you. That's me. Hallelujah. You are not disqualified. None of you here. Those watching online, you're not disqualified. You, if you have professed Jesus as your Savior, if you love Him and you want to serve Him, then the Holy Spirit of God lives within you. And you are not disqualified, but because of Jesus, you're qualified. And He has filled you with Himself, God the Holy Spirit, so that now when you face life, you face personally a serious situation, as well as as you pray for other serious circumstances outside of your own personal life, as we pray for our nation, as we pray for people we know, as you rise up in prayer because you have acknowledged God as your Savior and you understand that the gifts of the Spirit are just as much for today as they were when they were released through the earthly ministry of Jesus and the early New Testament church. When you get that, then you can say, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. As you deem, I will comply with you. Move through me. Well, Pastor, I'm not real knowledgeable in Scripture. You don't have to be knowledgeable in the Word of God for the Spirit of God to move through you. It's important to increase our knowledge, but it's not about what you've learned that determines that gift's operation. It's about who God is. It has nothing to do, well, I've practiced prophesying quite a bit lately. I think I'm getting pretty good at it. I think I, you know, I'll be able to give a word of knowledge, word of wisdom to somebody. You can't hone and train this gift. The gift doesn't belong to you. You can't summon any of the gifts of the Spirit on demand. As I mentioned, as Peter and John, when they entered the temple, many times they had passed that crippled man. But then this one moment is when the Holy Spirit rose up, and that was the timing. So any of us, if we make ourselves available, He can use us. He can rise up and flow through us and make a difference in the life of somebody else as well as your own life. Amen? How many want that kind of a relationship with God? How many of you are tired of a powerless faith? How many of you are tired of entertaining sermons? Listen, if this is only entertaining, then I failed. I want to see His church those in this house and those that worship all around the world even, 
online with River of Life Church. I want to see an army of believers say, Holy Spirit, I'm available. And that's all I'm asking today because that's all that God is asking. How many will say, Lord, if you want to rise up in me, you want to flow through me, you'll be willing to say, I'm available. Two words, I'm available. That's the call today. God wants all the gifts, but in conjunction with today's focus, the gifts of revelation. He wants them active and flowing in your life. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.